Welcome to the Next Steps Bible Reading Podcast. I'm Greg Whiting, reading from the One Year Chronological Bible, and today's reading is for May 2nd. David takes a census, 2 Samuel 24, 1-9. Again, the anger of the Lord burned against Israel, and he incited David against them, saying, Go and take a census of Israel and Judah. So the king said to Joab and the army commanders with him, Go throughout the tribes of Israel from Dan to Beersheba and enroll the fighting men so that I may know how many there are. But Joab replied to the king, May the Lord your God multiply the troops a hundred times over, and may the eyes of my lord the king see it. But why does my lord the king want to do such a thing? The king's word, however, overruled Joab and the army commanders so that they left the presence of the king to enroll the fighting men of Israel. After crossing the Jordan, they camped near Aurora, south of the town in the gorge, and then went through Gad and on to Jazer. They went to Gilead in the region of Tatham Hochi, and on to Dan Jan, and around toward Sidon. Then they went toward the fortress of Tyre and all the towns of the Hivites and Canaanites. Finally, they went on to Beersheba in the Negev of Judah. After they had gone through the entire land, they came back to Jerusalem at the end of the nine months and twenty days. Joab reported the number of the fighting men to the king. In Israel, there were 800,000 able-bodied men who could handle a sword, and in Judah, 500,000. 1 Chronicles 21, 1-6 Satan rose up against Israel and incited David to take a census of Israel. So David said to Joab and the commanders of the troops, Go and count the Israelites from Beersheba to Dan. Then report back to me so that I may know how many there are. But Joab replied, May the Lord multiply his troops a hundred times over, My lord the king, are they not all my lord's subjects? Why does my lord want to do this? Why should he bring guilt on Israel? The king's word, however, overruled Joab. So Joab left and went throughout Israel and then came back to Jerusalem. Joab reported the number of the fighting men to David. In all Israel, there was 1,100,000 men who could handle a sword, including 470,000 in Judah. But Joab did not include Levi and Benjamin in the numbering because the king's command was repulsive to him. Judgment for David's sin, 2 Samuel 24, 10-17 David was conscience-stricken after he had counted the fighting men, and he said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly in what I have done. Now, Lord, I beg you, take away the guilt of your servant. I have done a very foolish thing. Before David got up the next morning, the word of the Lord had come to Gad the prophet, David's seer, Go and tell David, this is what the Lord says. I'm giving you three options. Choose one of them for me to carry out against you. So Gad went to David and said to him, Shall there come on you three years of famine in your land? Or three months of fleeing from your enemies while they pursue you? Or three days of plagues in your land? Now then, think it over and decide how I should answer the one who sent me. David said to Gad, I am in deep distress. Let us fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is great. But do not let me fall into human hands. So the Lord sent a plague on Israel from that morning until the end of the time designated, and 70,000 of the people from Dan to Beersheba died. When the angel stretched out his hand to destroy Jerusalem, the Lord relented concerning the disaster and said to the angel who was afflicting the people, Enough, withdraw your hand. The angel of the Lord was then at the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite. When David saw the angel who was striking down the people, he said to the Lord, I have sinned. I, the shepherd, have done wrong. These are but sheep. What have they done? Let your hand fall on me and my family. 
1 Chronicles 21, 7-17. The command was also evil in the sight of God, so he punished Israel. Then David said to God, I have sinned greatly by doing this. Now, I beg you, take away the guilt of your servant. I have done a very foolish thing. The Lord said to Gad, David's seer, go and tell David, this is what the Lord says. I'm giving you three options. Choose one of them for me to carry out against you. So Gad went to David and said to him, this is what the Lord says. Take your choice. Three years of famine, three months of being swept away before your enemies with their swords overtaking you, or three days of the sword of the Lord, days of plague in the land with the angel of the Lord ravaging every part of Israel. Now then, decide how I should answer the one who sent me. David said to Gad, I'm in deep distress. Let me fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is very great. But do not let me fall into human hands. So the Lord sent a plague on Israel, and 70,000 men of Israel fell dead. And God sent an angel to destroy Jerusalem. But as the angel was doing so, the Lord saw it and relented concerning the disaster and said to the angel who was destroying the people, Enough. Withdraw your hand. The angel of the Lord was then standing at the threshing floor of Aruna, the Jebusite. David looked up and saw the angel of the Lord standing between heaven and earth with the drawn sword in his hand extended over Jerusalem. Then David and the elders, clothed in sackcloth, fell face down. David said to God, Was it not I who ordered the fighting men to be counted? I, the shepherd, have sinned and done wrong. These are but sheep. What have they done? Lord, my God, let your hand fall on me and my family, but do not let this plague remain on your people. That part of the reading brings up a lot of questions, doesn't it? And without my going back and remembering and doing further study, I don't have many answers for your questions. I I do remember uh, reading that... They were not to take a census, and I don't know the exact reason except that the Lord commanded it, unless he told him to. And you've got um, you've got Satan involved here, you've got God involved here, and yet the responsibility lies on David for sinning, and then you've got this terrible, uh, you know, discipline of 70,000 dying. So it doesn't go into a lot of detail, and therefore, when we're just reading and reading devotionally, um, we just got to be able to pick out the things that are clear, and we'll we'll come back to that. All right, David builds an altar, 2 Samuel 24, 18 to 25. On that day, Gad went to David and said to him, go up and build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite. So David went up as the Lord had commanded through Gad. When Aruna looked and saw the king and his officials coming toward him, he went out and bowed down before the king with his face to the ground. Aruna said, Why has my lord the king come to his servant? To buy your threshing floor, David answered, so I can build an altar to the lord that the plague on the people may be stopped. Aruna said to David, Let my lord the king take whatever he wishes and offer it up. Here are oxen for the burnt offering, and here are threshing sledges and ox yokes for the wood. Your majesty... Aruna gives all this to the king. Aruna also said to him, May the Lord your God accept you. But the king replied to Aruna, No, I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen and paid 50 shekels of silver for them. 
David built an altar to the Lord there and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. Then the Lord answered his prayer in behalf of the land, and the plague on Israel was stopped. 1 Chronicles 21.18-22.1 through 22, 1. Then the angel of the Lord ordered Gad to tell David to go up and build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Arun of the Jebusite. So David went up in obedience to the word that Gad had spoken in the name of the Lord. While Aruna was threshing wheat, he turned and saw the angel. His four sons, who were with him, hid themselves. Then David approached, and when Aruna looked and saw him, he left the threshing floor and bowed down before David with his face to the ground. David said to him, Let me have the sight of your threshing floor, so I can build an altar to the Lord, that the plague on the people may be stopped. Sell it to me at the full price. Aruna said to David, Take it. Let my lord the king do whatever pleases him. Look, I will give the oxen for the burnt offerings, the threshing sledges for the wood, and the wheat for the grain offering. I will give all this. But David replied to Aruna, No, I insist on paying the full price. I will not take for the lord what is yours, or sacrifice a burnt offering that costs me nothing. So David paid Aruna 600 shekels of gold for the site. David built an altar to the lord there and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. He called on the lord, and the lord answered him with fire from heaven, on the altar of burnt offering. Then the Lord spoke to the angel, and he put his sword back into its sheath. At that time, when David saw that the Lord had answered him on the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite, he offered sacrifices there. The tabernacle of the Lord, which Moses had made in the wilderness, and the altar of burnt offering were at that time on the high place of Gibeon. But David could not go there before it to inquire of God, because he was afraid of the sword of the angel of the Lord. Then David said, The house of the Lord God is to be here, and also the altar of burnt offering for Israel. Preparations for the Temple, 1 Chronicles 22, 2-19 So David gave orders to assemble the foreigners residing in Israel, and from among them he appointed stonecutters to prepare dressed stone for building the house of God. He provided a large amount of iron to make nails for the doors of the gateways and for the fittings, and more bronze than could be weighed. He also provided more cedar logs than could be counted, for the Sidonians and, and Tyrians had brought large numbers of them to David. David said, My son Solomon is young and inexperienced, and the house is to be built for the Lord, should be of great magnificence and fame and splendor in the sight of all the nations. Therefore I will make preparations for it. So David made extensive preparations before his death. Then he called for his son Solomon and charged him to build a house for the Lord, the God of Israel. David said to Solomon, my son, I had it in my heart to build a house for the name of the Lord my God, but this word of the Lord came to me. You have shed much blood and have fought many wars. You are not to build a house for my name, because you have shed much blood on the earth in my sight. But you will have a son who will be a man of peace and rest, and I will give him rest from all his enemies on every side. His name will be Solomon, and I will grant Israel peace and quiet during his reign. He is the one who will build a house for my name. He will be my son, and I will be his father. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Now, my son, the Lord be with you, and may you have success and build the house of the Lord your God as he said you would. May the Lord give you discretion and understanding when he puts you in command over Israel, so that you may keep the law of the Lord your God. Then you will have success if you're careful to obey the decrees and laws that the Lord gave Israel, Moses, for Israel. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. I have taken great pains to provide for the temple of the Lord a hundred thousand talents of gold, a million talents of silver, quantities of bronze and iron too great to be weighed, and wood and stone. And you may add to them. 
You have many workers, stone cutters, masons, and carpenters, as well as those skilled in every kind of work in gold and silver, bronze, and iron, craftsmen beyond number. Now begin the work, and the Lord be with you. Then David ordered all the leaders of Israel to help his son Solomon. He said to them, Is not the Lord your God with you? And has he not granted you rest on every side? For he has given the inhabitants of the land into my hands, and the land is subject to the Lord and to his people. Now devote your heart and soul to seeking the Lord your God. Begin to build the sanctuary of the Lord God so that you may bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and the sacred articles belonging to you into the temple that will be built for the name of the Lord. And that's the end of the reading for May 2nd. So I just want to come back to to the whole census thing where there's lots of questions. I just want to mention again that this is a part of our Bible reading. When you read the Bible, there should be questions that come to your mind, things you don't understand or things that, that interest you. And if that interests you, then you look for answers. Uh, you find a good um, Bible commentary, a good study Bible, or you ask someone, hey, where would be a good place to go to get an answer for this question? And you study it. Um, in some cases, though, in just reading it, you look for the things that do make sense that do stand out. And certainly in this, it stands out that we have an enemy, Satan, and we have a sovereign God, and we have sinful hearts. <laughs> and all of that is in play uh, in these stories. But where I want to land for myself devotionally is when it comes to the preparations for the temple. And David knowing already before that God said, you're not going to build it, but your son is going to build it, and it was going to be Solomon. And I, I think what stands out to me is you have a father passing on to his son um, the, the urgency of honoring God, of keeping God's word, of observing the things that God has given them to observe. And he also then encourages him, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. And so my takeaway today is just to remember, God has placed me in a certain time and place to serve him, to obey him, to confess my sins, to be strong and courageous and do what he has called me to do. And he has also given me the opportunity to pass that on to my children, to encourage them to follow him. Because we know from experience, right, that that is the path of safety. doesn't mean bad things will not happen. It doesn't mean that God will not discipline us. It doesn't mean that, um, that we will not fail or that there will not be pain. But the place of true safety now and in eternity is in Christ. And that's what I take away today. Father, thank you for your word. Father, as you know, there's many things I don't understand. Help me to continue to study and to learn, and especially to apply your word to my life. And Father, my prayer today is that you will help me to be strong and courageous, to obey you, even if others around me are not, to honor you, to pursue you, and Father, to be an example and to pass that on to my family that there is nothing better 
in life than to honor you. And may you be pleased with my life today. In Jesus' name, amen.